wife will tell you, I just kind of leaned over to her and I said, babe, you know what? I, I, I understand why it's taken me so long to figure things out. Because I'm still going through transformation. And the reality is I have to accept the fact that I, I now know this and it's becoming clearer to me. That God's called me to be a pioneer. Just the name of the church. There's no other church in the world named Linked Up Church. And there are things that God is just calling us to do that I'm not going to have people to teach me this. Usually you can go and glean and mentor, but with pioneers, it's really God that teaches them, and they bring the revelation to the church. And nothing challenged me more than what I'm getting ready to share with you all today. Nothing showed me how much I need to grow than what I'm getting ready to share with you all today. And I said, babe, I can see how I started off so pure in ministry. I started off just pure, just loving everybody. And how I many you know over time you see stuff? <laughs> Am I the only one that's seen some stuff? And what happens is you, you begin to allow those experiences to affect you. And they really shouldn't. And now you start conducting yourself based off of previous experience instead of the Word of God. And then over time you become guarded. And what you don't realize, you, you put yourself in prison. You keep all the wonderful relationships that God's sending into your life. You keep those out, and you keep yourself in a prison because of what other people did that has nothing to do with the people that are currently in your life. And it really takes personal growth to accept that, realize, and then challenge yourself to say, I've got to grow out of that. Okay, and so we're going to talk about brotherly kindness today, which is not a subject that you hear a lot about. I can't say I've ever heard a whole message just on brotherly kindness. There's not a lot of revelation in the body of Christ about this subject. And I, I pray today that it blesses you as much as it blessed me studying it. So let's go backwards quickly to go forwards. Uh, today we're going to talk about growing in brotherly kindness. In our introduction, the Lord showed me there are really three divisions of these eight characteristics or graces that he's calling us to grow in. And so growing, letter A, growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ has an inward focus. As I, as I examined it further, it starts off with an inward focus, number one, by building upon one's personal faith. I mean, you can't build on your faith in church. You build on it at home in your personal study and acting on it. And then you strive for excellence as an individual goal, you find out what God's Word says. This is all inward. This is all you. And, and you want to excel in that. Number three, then you want to increase your own knowledge. It's not enough to just know that one verse. Now I want to know everything that God said around that, and I want to be great at that, right? And some of it may require natural information as well. Then, how I many know, we've got to grow up to a place where we control our own passions and desires. I mean, we've got to get control of ourselves and our reactions and our responses. And then number five, we've got to bear up under trials with a positive attitude. All of that is a inward focus. So notice these graces start with us focusing inward. And you'll see this makes so much sense because B, then there's a upward focus. Number six, what we learned was that he wants us to grow in godliness. And that's a pious conduct based upon a desire to be pleasing to God. So we do all of this internal growth and we have to do it for the purpose of wanting to please God. I mean, at the end of the day, that is the highest goal is to please God and not people. And if you're not delivered from people pleasing, I'm praying for you right now. 
Because you've got if you're going to do something for, for God, you've got to get past that. So you notice it's inward, and then everything that we've placed in, we've got to want to do it for a higher reason. Right? And then we move on to what I'm calling letter C or the third division of these graces. Now we can have an outward focus. So notice if we don't have an inward focus that's motivated by an upward focus, then we can't treat people the right way. See how it took all of that just to get the brotherly kindness. So the last two is really about how we treat other people. Brotherly kindness and love. And both of these are extremely important to God when you look at them in light of how he's treated us. All right? And so it also involves this outward focus. In addition, today we're going to talk about brotherly kindness. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 7 says, To godliness, we know all of these have to work in conjunction with each other, brotherly kindness, and then next week to brotherly kindness, love. So you'll notice it started with faith and it ends with love. Why? Because faith works by love. And you've got to have all of that in the middle for all of that to work. Help me know how you treat people affects your faith. Right? It's important to God, right? And if it's important to God, then it should be important to us. So now, brotherly kindness and love affect how we act towards other people. You ever ask yourself, why did I respond that way? Anybody ever done that before with something simple? Why did you react that way? Well, believe it or not, that has more to do with you than it does the other person. It really was an indication of what's going on within you, and the other person was so gracious to show you yourself. <laughs> but right, if we don't process it that way, we think it's the other person. So in this study, we will direct our attention to brotherly kindness, which is certainly an important grace in developing a Christ-like character. He did not save you to make you rich. He saved you to, to make sure that you have his character. I mean, with that may come riches, but that wasn't his purpose for saving you. So let's get into this today. Number one, Let's look at the definition of brotherly kindness. So we're going to look at the Greek word for that, and we're going to look at how it's used in the New Testament under the definition of brotherly kindness. The Greek word is Philadelphia. The Greek word is Philadelphia. It is a compound involving two words, phileo, which means love, and adelphos, which means brother. And so it literally, literally means the love of brothers or the love of brethren. How many of you know we are all one family? I haven't had a chance to meet all of you yet, but you're still my family. You've been to family reunions, and they bring, this is your uncle such and such that you've never seen a day in your life, right? Well, what I'm saying is we're all family in here, folks. Whether we met each other or not, we are all family. And we've got to learn how to treat each other like family. So it literally means the love of brothers or the love of brethren. Let's look at how it's used in the New Testament. New Testament beginning at the book of Romans. How is it used in the New Testament? It's described here uh, by Thayer as a love which Christians cherish 
for each other as brethren. So, so it's a love that we cherish for each other as brethren. How many of y'all have a sibling, a, a, a sibling that you're close to? Well, if you spend any time away from them, when you see them, you get energy from them, right? It's really, man, how you been? How's everything going? And there's a real care and concern for them. Would everyone agree with that, right? And so what you've got to understand, God is all of our Father, and to Him, we're all His children, which makes all of us siblings. Now, in my household, it's important to me, it matters to me how my children treat each other. Is anyone else the same way? Nothing hurts me more than to see those two going at each other, right? And so they get disciplined tougher for what they do to each other than anything outside of the household. And we try to teach them as family over everything. Even if your sister is wrong, you be wrong with her until we get home. We all fix all of that together. But don't you ever jump on somebody else's side and go at your sister or vice versa. Because even if she's wrong, I'm going after you. Folks, this is how God, this is how we, we're to be for each other. And the world will respect us when we have a united front. And not about right or wrong here, it's about family. Oh, y'all not ready for this today. Right? And then inwardly, we'll come back in and address what needs to be addressed. But when we go out of here, we're going out as one. So Thayer describes it as a, a, a real love of the brethren and, and how we should cherish each other as brethren. Number two, Christians were charged to display this virtue. Go to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1. Really didn't know that the New Testament gave so much detail to this particular subject. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1 says, let brotherly love continue, and then it's period. So in other words, it never stops. We're supposed to cherish and love each other and look out for each other until the end. Linked up church is a family. Small groups are where we spend time with each other. Dream team is where we spend time with each other, and we're supposed to look out for each other. Not in a small way either, but in a big way. I came in so pure to ministry that way. I got to get back to that. Number three, they were to increase in it more and more. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. They were to increase in it in what? Brotherly kindness more and more. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. It says, but concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed, you do so towards all the brethren, not some of them. See, how you know in church we pick and choose? I know I've been on vacation. Did I come back in the right building today? Well, you know, even in church, it's easy for us to click up. Notice, he said, to all the brethren in Macedonia. Is that not what it says? But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. So don't just start off, but
but just get, don't just start off and stay at a certain level, increase in this, grow in this, get better at this. You know, we had a great time yesterday honoring our seniors, our forever young people in our church. Now, how many you know that's a, a good thing that we did, but we need to increase in that and do more and more for them. I'm looking forward to the day when we can just send all of our seniors on a cruise. I knew they'd say amen to that right there. I knew if you didn't get any excitement in the building, you'd get it there. But how I many you know we can increase in our love towards each other? And it's not always about giving gifts. Sometimes it's about showing kindness. Sometimes it's about writing a note. Sometimes it's as little as saying thank you. Sometimes it's just doing things that are right because it's the right thing to do. We can increase in this. Number four, they were purified for this very purpose. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2, and let's look at verse, or chapter 1, verse 22. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. We were saved and purified for the purpose of lavishly loving each other and looking out for each other. See, really, folks, if one hurts, all of us should hurt. If one's rejoicing, then the whole group should be rejoicing. Praise God. Is there someone in here today you just don't know where your next meal is coming from? Anyone like that today? You just, man, it's tight right now. Anyone in here like that today? Come here for a moment. Come here for a moment. Now you know where your next meal is coming from. Come here. You're moving too slow. You're moving too slow. Come on, somebody ought to be rejoicing with her today. Now you know where it's coming from. Now you don't have to not know, and I don't even know you do it. Are you born again? Yes. Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life? That makes you my sister. Yes. Enjoy that. Okay? Come on, somebody should be rejoicing with her today. Come on, not like that either. I'm talking about excited for her, happy for her. She came in not knowing where her next meal would come from. Now she knows. That should make you happy. Come on, that should make you happy, glory to God. I didn't know that. God just said, put that in your pocket. Just put that in your pocket. I'll tell you when to deliver that. And that's just how it came out. I didn't plan that. I'm going to put another one. No, I can't say that because y'all will stay for the next service. And pray in tongues all the way through this service. Pray in tongues through the, the, the intermission of the service. Watch this. 1 Peter 1.22 says, since you have been purified through your salvation, your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, watch this, in sincere love of the brethren. So one of the ways you can know that you've been saved sincerely is how you treat other people. I need a better amen than that. Then he says, love one another fervently, which means intently, watch this, with a pure heart. So that means if he says to love each other with a pure heart, then it's obvious then you can love someone without a pure heart. Right? And only you know that. See, no one can see that. That's between you and God. But God knows that. But he says here, love with a pure heart. Number five, it is through brotherly kindness that we can have kind affection towards one another. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 10. It is through brotherly kindness that we can have kind affection towards one another. And listen to me, fellas, it does not make you soft to give each other a hug, man. Sometimes we need that. 
running around practicing being hard all the time. Sometimes we need a hug from each other, man. We need a pound. We need another brother to walk up to us and say, man, I love you, man. I appreciate you. I know you're going through, man. Is there something I can do to be a blessing to you? Sisters, need, we need to stop judging each other and start loving each other. Come on, instead of just so all this outward stuff, let's be sincere from our hearts and how we treat each other and be kindly affectionate. Wait till you see what this word means here. Romans chapter 12, verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 10 says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, ooh, preference to one another, giving preference to one another. Now, you know, that's some real humility to put somebody before you. Even when you're going through, you know, it's, it's, it's big to say, you know, even though I'm having a tough time, how can I help you? I looked that up. Kindly affectionate means cherishing one's kindred, especially parents or children. Fond of natural relatives. To be fraternal towards fellow Christians. Now, my mother is transitioned, but I know how much I loved her. I moved her in our home and was committed to taking care of her for the rest of our lives. My wife knows that if anything happens with her parents, both or one can come stay with us. My brother knows, and I know from my brother, that if he doesn't have anybody else he can turn to, he can pick up that phone and call me, and whatever I have belongs to him and vice versa. We need that in the body of Christ. Oh, I need a better amen in that. I said we need that in the body of Christ where, and I thank God that there are people I actually believe. I believe I can call Deacon Al on the drop of a dime. I believe that with all my heart. And he's not going to judge the information that I'm sharing with him. And if it's within his power, he'll help me. Right? But watch this. If it's not, he'll pray for me, and I won't hold it against him if he doesn't have the resources. Amen. Come on, I need a better amen from somebody. See, sometimes part of the problem is when we go to people and they can't, we think they don't want to. It doesn't mean they don't want to. They might not be in a position at that moment, and you need to release them from that and thank God that they'll pray for you. But if you see what this word kindly affectionate means, this means that the same love I have for my mother, my father, didn't have that relationship with him. I can't even say that with, with the right heart. For my mother, that's what I should have for Mother Walterine. Do you understand? That if Walterine, whatever I would do for my mother, that's how I should see Mother Walterine. I'm telling you, CNN would have to come and put cameras on this because of how this group of people are treating each other in this world that we live in today. Come on, where they taking three-year-olds out of bedrooms, come on, and dumping them in a pond somewhere. That would be a breath of fresh air. Let's look at the demand for brotherly kindness. Point number two, the demand for brotherly kindness. I mean, no, it's going to take some growth on your part to see each other like that. Coming to church won't give you that kind of heart. 
going to take your own personal prayer study and get your own revelation about this for you to actually be able to live this out. Number two, the demand for brotherly kindness. Let's, let's look at it here. Two points I want to make under that. Letter A, without sincere love for brethren, any claim to know God or love him is impossible. Listen to that carefully. Without sincere love for brethren, any claim to know God or love him is impossible. Go to 1 John chapter 4. Folks, this has now become my life goals, these eight graces. There's no greater thing I want to master in life than these eight graces that I've been sharing with you all over the last several weeks. This is now all I want to do. This is my greatest accomplishment in life is to master these eight graces. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love. Now, let me show you something here. Two different Greek words. You won't find these in your notes. I actually uh, continued to study late into the night last night. The Lord just told me I'm not saying the same thing every time you're reading love. I knew what that meant. I got out, went back downstairs, stayed up to whatever time that took. And I want to show you the difference here. Notice what he says here. Beloved, let us love agapeo. A-G-A-P-E-O. Let us love agapeo. So he's talking about in the social or moral sense, and it means to be loved. So you're going to talk about, most, in most cases, when he talks about how we treat each other, he's using the word agapeo. When he's talking about his love for us, he's using the Greek word agape. Right? So he's telling us to love each other in the social, moral sense, or in other words, let's give each other an opportunity to at least experience what it feels like to be loved. Do you all realize when people come to church, you don't know what they, what they went through prior to coming here? And they should get here and feel loved. So he's talking about in the social, moral sense, that when they come here, they should be uplifted and not beat down, regardless of what they're going through. Right? So he says here, beloved, look at how he addresses us as family. Beloved, let us love agapeo each one another. To love for love agape, watch this, is of God. It's unconditional. So this shows you, folks, we really have to grow from agapeo to agape. I mean, no one can start off at agape. Right? You've got to first learn how to love what you can see before you can master what you can't see. Amen. You'll see that language very clearly. For love, agape, is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Isn't that interesting correlation again? See, right? How can you tell someone is born again? The way they treat God and the way they treat people. Isn't that interesting observation? He who does not love, this checked me so, so strongly. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Wow. So love can be measured, folks, in how we treat each other. Why is it so quiet in this church today? things that make you go alright let's keep going drop down to verse 20 this really resonated with me because 
Linked Up Church is a collection of volunteers. Uh, you know, Apostle Price said something to me that's really profound. Now, I shared it to my wife. Uh, I never shared that with her. Something that he told me about this journey that I've actually just seen come to pass. And so Linked Up Church is really a collection of volunteers uh, who believed in us when there was nothing to believe in. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart. Man, listen, I love you too. Because really, you saw something that probably at the time, I didn't even see. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. But then there were staff people who sacrificed and walked away. And you can't see this when you're in yourself. And who gave up in some cases as much as you did. And there's two of them that just, just, I got them in my sight. That while on vacation, the Lord said, you got to take care of them better than you take care of anybody else. And we will. And I told my wife what I believed the Lord had placed on my heart to do. And she said, that resonates with me. I'm having a moment up here. Just pray for me. But I didn't get here by myself. And that's a fool that thinks that they did. I want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Something about when you get away out of the environment, you get on vacation. God will give you a look back in. And not to see the people, but to see yourself. And it was the greatest thing that could have ever happened to me. Hallelujah. 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 Verse 20 and 21. If someone says, I love God and hates means to detest or love less his brother. He is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, this is agape, how can he love God whom he has not seen? This commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Somebody ought to shout amen to that. So then, if we truly say we love God, it should be reflected in how we love people. Number three, it's necessary to be Jesus' disciple. It's necessary. Go with me to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. It's necessary to be Jesus' disciple. Folks, we've got to get out of this me, my four, and no more mentality. And we've got to see this as one big linked up family that consists of small groups, dream teams. Come on, somebody. God is calling us to do something that is bigger and beyond ourselves. And it's going to take a collective effort to do it. It's necessary. John chapter 13, 
Verse 34 and 35, he uses the Greek word agapeo in 34 and then agape in 35. Look at what he says in 34, new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. See, in the social moral sense, let's all help each other know what it feels like to be loved. As I have loved you. So when you think about that, now that one's like agapio. Well, how has he loved us? I mean, no, he's forgiven us. Anybody glad that, that, that you've been forgiven of all of your sin? How many know he gives us the time and space to get things right? See, so we should learn how to extend that to each other. Right? He gives us time to repent. There are a whole lot of different things. He forgives us. He loves us. He loves all kind of different ways that he does that. So we've got to really just look at how he's treated us and then learn how to treat each other the exact same way. Anytime I think about for, for really 28 years of being saved, I've done God wrong for 28 years. I haven't been perfect for 28 years, but God's love has been perfect towards me. And folks, we want to put people in prison over one event and write them off for the rest of our lives. I'm done with them. That's ugly. So there's a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love reiterates one another. Interesting in verse 5. By this will all know that you are my disciples, watch this, if you have agape for one another. So how many of you know, even with each other, we're supposed to grow past agapeo and get to the point where we operate in agape towards each other, where we can look past what someone has done to us and love them even more. So you can almost hear. You can, you, that's, that's challenging to our flesh, especially if it's our ex. Come on, somebody. Right? Or whoever, whatever category we want to put them in. But if you want to develop this, that's the one you practice on. Not one amen again. <laughs> It's necessary to answer Jesus' prayer for unity. Go to John chapter 17. I said, God, I said, God, I'm going to honor Jesus' prayer. I'm going to honor this prayer that he prayed. I can't promise you, but I'll at least make the attempt to make this a reality, at least in one church in the world. Listen to this prayer from your heart. Listen to this prayer. This is really the Lord's prayer. John chapter 17 uses the word agapeo here. It says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their words. So he's not just praying for the disciples, but for everyone that will come to know Jesus through their words. How many of you know that's all of us that are in this room today? Right? That they may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us. Why? That the world may believe that you sent me. So you mean the world is going to determine whether or not God truly sent Jesus based off of the unity in the body of Christ. Yep. 
And today, folks, the most divided hour in the United States of America is happening right now. So that's the way the world will know is when we operate as one. Now, only thing we can do is control what we can control. And folks, I am believing God that Linked Up Church will be a body of thousands of believers who all operate as one. Oh, I wish somebody would just dream with me today. I said, folks, Linked Up Church will be a body of thousands of believers that operate as one. Will somebody just join their faith with me today and believe God with me for that? I'm talking about we help each other build businesses. We help each other get in cars. We uh, get in homes. We help each other, our seniors. How many of you know they should not be afraid if they're a true widow indeed? They should not be afraid if they have a good church that they attend because the church has a responsibility to take care of widows who are widows indeed. We cannot leave that up to the government, folks. I believe God has given us lands. He's given us builders. Not so that we can talk about, look at our building, look at the land. No, he's giving it to us to build senior citizens complexes and to build schools and to build things that help the community live as one. Somebody ought to shout glory in this place today. That's the only reason he's giving it to us is so that we can reflect his glory and his image to the world. Not so that we can say, look at our building, forget the building. It's nothing. It's the people that are in the building that's everything. And we can't treat the building better than we treat the people that are in the building. Come on, somebody. This was his prayer. And the glory in verse 22, which you have given me, I have given them that they may be one. Why did he give us the glory? So that we can be one just as we are one. I and them and you and me that we may be made perfect or complete in one. I don't have it all. You don't have it all. But together we are complete because what I don't have, you have. And what you don't have, I have. And when you put all of us together, folks, we are a dangerous group of people that can do a whole lot for the kingdom of God. When I'm not judging you by your shortcomings and looking at you based off of what you can't do, but only taking the time to celebrate what you can do and then saying, you know what? I can do the stuff that you can't do. So let me come alongside you and help you. And then together, me and you can make some beautiful music together. Come on, Linked Up Church. We've got work to do, but we can't do it alone. We've got to do it as one. That the world may know that you have sent me, watch this, and have loved them as you have loved me. The unity will be made possible through the cross of Christ. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. And it's maintained as we endeavor to keep the unity through the spirit and the bond of peace. I'll explain to you what I'm talking about. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Here's the reality, folks. There's only one thing that can unite us, and that's Jesus Christ. All of us come from different backgrounds, different lives, different educational levels. We can never be one if we're trying to do it based off of external factors. 
We've got to celebrate the one thing that we all can agree on, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what should unite us. And then we have to work diligently to keep that. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3 says, endeavoring, and that word endeavoring means putting effort towards this to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond or the glue or the stick-togetherness of peace, which is irony, which means to be set at one again, quietness, rest. How many know, folks, we've got to work hard to keep us together? Today is so easy for churches to split. Folks, I know you all don't want to hear it, but the reality is if there was more growth and maturity, we should all still be together. Should have never been a separation. We were better together. Oh, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. But if you don't have this, folks, doesn't take much to say I'm done with you. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. I said I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. And I'm still believing God. I'm getting my heart back right. It'll all be fixed some kind of way, some way, someday. And I'm open to whatever that looks like. One amen. Thank you for that one over there. It was a faint one over here in the corner somewhere. Are you all getting anything out of this today? So we've got to endeavor to do this. It's crucial that to that endeavoring is to bear with one another in love. Back up and look at verse 2. The reality is, folks, we're going to have to put up with each other. I don't have it all together, but guess what? Let, let me come stay with you for a few days. <laughs> Say, no, you, you can't. He's like, you ain't coming over my spot. None of us have it all together. So guess what? We got to put up with each other. Look at verse 2. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2. It says, with all lowliness, see, humbling yourself, gentleness, with long suffering. What does that mean? To suffer long. <laughs> Bearing with one another. Watch this. In love. But guess what that Greek word is? Agape. Which means, folks, we got to learn how to put up with each other unconditionally. Now, this is not in your notes. When I went back down, I captured these thoughts. Because I'm, I always ask the Lord, teach me more about that. Teach me, help me understand that more. That's what he said to me. There will be lines when brethren sin against each other. There will be times when we sin against each other. We make mistakes. How long you been saved? Somebody has wronged you. But watch this. You have wronged somebody else too. Okay, don't sit there like that. Come, don't sit there like that. I, I said, but you have wronged somebody else too. This is going to happen, folks. It's called life. That's not a deal killer. It's an opportunity to grow. Watch this now. So where brotherly kindness prevails, there will also be forbearance and forgiveness. So when you see brotherly kindness being developed, you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to get out of myself for a moment 
and put up with them a little longer, right? And even forgive them if it's necessary because they need me in their lives right now. Our natural instinct is to do what? You'll never get the chance to do that ever again. Come on, don't shout me down because I'm preaching that. You did that one time. I bet you will never. Imagine if God did that to us for every time we messed up. Oh, you'll never get the chance to, oh, see, see, when you look at it in that light, folks, but in reality, that's the way we are. You get one chance. You know why a lot of people don't serve today? They can't put up with each other. You know why a lot of people aren't in small groups? They don't want to put up with each other. then how will you ever grow? Amen. You can have all the revelation in the world about love, but you're going to need people to develop it. Amen. That, light, that light gets me from time to time. Anyone getting anything out of this today? So, so notice, we've got to learn how to then look at this process. This provides time for repentance. See, when we put up with people and we forgive them, it gives God time to deal with their heart. Instead of you reacting the way they did, hardens their heart. God just growing me up. If this isn't helping anybody else in the building. See, when you react the way other people react, you harden your heart and you let that experience change the word of God in your life. That's what God was just teaching me. I'm just sharing it with you. So unless we develop brotherly kindness, watch this. This is how he helped me understand what I've been watching for 28 years. Unless we develop brotherly kindness, churches will be prone to split at the earliest indication of conflict. Moment you see conflict, I'm done. And it's easier and cheaper to just get rid of than to grow and develop. So even though I got rid of, I still didn't grow and develop. So guess what? Now history repeats itself. So then I thought somebody else was going to come in and be different, but people are people. So guess what? Whatever lesson I didn't learn, I got to now go through it all over again. So watch this. If that one doesn't work, I, I get rid of that one and think somebody else is going to be different than they are. But guess what? Here's the reality, folks. If any of us get together for 15 minutes, it's going to be conflict. <laughs> you all making it tough on me to minister today. It's just five people say amen. Anybody say amen today? The reality is, if we spend all day together, you're going to irritate me at some point throughout the course of that day. And, and vice versa. I'm going to irritate him. Guaranteed. Guaranteed, right or wrong. It depends on how we see that. Do we now say, I'll never spend another day with my brother ever again? Or do we begin to learn each other and use that conflict as an opportunity to grow and get better, learn from it, realize what I did to create that scenario, don't do it again, now we get better. 
What's our first inclination? I ain't, I, I, I will never go to another game with him again. <laughs> Folks, and if you don't get this, this is single people, no relationship will ever work out. Because it is going to be conflict. And you know why people can't get there? Because the moment they see conflict, and they think they're going to run to another situation, only to see more of the same. Conflict is good when you have brotherly kindness. So I'll say it again, folks. We're better together. Even with whatever we have to deal with, we're still better together. We are family. <laughs> I got all my... That I was in my right key on that one right there. Let me stay right there then. We are family. I sh did I shift? Because I didn't get the same reaction the second time that I got. The first, first time, folks, hands started going up. Second time, get back to the word, Pastor Gregory. Now, let's close with this thought. How is this developed? You all getting anything out of this today? I want you to be honest with me. Honest show of hands. I can tell you I had no revelation on this subject. I didn't even ask the question yet. How did you all put all your hands up in there? I ain't even asked the question yet. Boy, they just following closely today, aren't they? I want you to be honest. I mean, it's the first time you ever heard a message on brotherly kindness. Be honest, in church. We don't, it's not a lot of revelation about how to treat each other, which is why we treat each other the way we treat each other. Okay, let's come on down to home stress. How is this developed? It requires a purity of soul. Folks, there's nothing anyone else can do to help you with this. This comes from within you. The only thing they can do to help you is to present you the opportunity to grow. Which if you're living and have a job and work around people, you will have an opportunity all the time to grow. If you are married, raising children and a family, if you just are alive, you will have a chance to grow. So brotherly kindness can be easily misdirected, especially in this sex-crazed society that we live in. See, today, so much stuff, you know, with all these sexual harassments and all this stuff going on, you know, it, it's, it, it can be challenging today to just be sincere trying to be kind to someone. Because so often today, kindness can be taken out of context. I'm not saying in any of the cases that are being reported that's the case. I'm just telling you amongst us, we've just got to be pure from the heart and know what our intentions are. You know, I had, I had to think about something. I was with Minister Dow. We were over at the uh, building, and, you know, we were having a, a you know, I, we love her. And so it's a natural reaction to want to hug somebody that you love. But I had to stop for a minute and ask her, are you a hugger? <laughs> Didn't I? And she said, yes. But watch this. Then I had to turn to the side and give her a hug like this. No, no two-hand front hug. Turn to the side. And I had to really ask myself, we've got to go through all of this 
just to show pure love towards each other. But what I'm saying is don't stop working at it. It was still worth the effort to get a hug from my sister. It's worth the effort, even if I had to ask questions. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, my point is, whatever you need to go to, through, or whatever extent you need to go to, do it. Do it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Hug yourself right now. That little man, wait till after the service. He just jumped on his wife right there. He's like, he's like, you heard what the pastor said? Come on over here, girl. A few more minutes. A few, few more minutes. A few more minutes. Matter of fact, every head bowed, every eye closed in prayer. Let me help him hurry up and get out of here and, and get the loving on his wife, laying hands on his wife. How is this developed, folks, real quickly? Through obedience to the gospel, our souls are purified. The only way to develop this, you've got to obey what God said, period. It's the highest reason for doing it. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to read 22 and 23. 1 Peter 1, 22 and 23 uses the Greek word agapeo, so you know it's referring to how we treat each other. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, through the Spirit in sincere love, which is a fraternal love, family type of love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again, here it is, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. So if you've been born again, then you've been born again by incorruptible seed. Which means sincere and fervent love is possible for the brethren if you're doing it based off of the seed of the Word of God. And there's no higher reason. If you're doing it to get something in return, you will be disappointed every time. Right? You do this out of a sincere because the Word is incorruptible and I'm going to operate in the, the seed and power of the Word and just share that with other people. No higher reason for doing it. If you're married out here, this will keep you married for the rest of your life. Because now you're being married for a higher reason than just physical reasons. Because I mean, all of this changes. Just keep living. I notice I don't care how much I lift. I got to work extra hard to keep, my, keep, keep everything where it used to be. <laughs> how many of y'all know I'm fighting against gravity too? It's like I get home, I try for 25 more push-ups. That, that thing ain't acting right. But the reality is I'm aging. Right? But you can learn to love each other more while aging if you do it for incorruptible reasons. You missed a good place right there, I'm telling you. But the moment you start looking at corruption, you respond. That's revelation for somebody in this building today. And it requires you to be taught by God. Folks, no one can teach you this but God. So if you're not going to put the time in to study this and do your own devotions and take this outline and grow and get better and practice this, it's nothing anyone can do for you. Let's close with this verse. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. Actually, 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 and 10. We'll just close there. Make sure you look at the, the, the rest of the notes here. We're just out of time right here, okay? Go right to that version Bible app. Get the rest of this, okay? Powerful information. 
says, but concerning brotherly fraternal love, you have no need that I should write unto you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. So you've got to let God teach you how to love your spouse. You've got to let God teach you how to love your children. Watch this. You've got to let God teach you how to love yourself. Right? It goes on to say here, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed, you do so towards all the brethren who are in Macedonia, but we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Now, right there, you notice he said, for all the brethren. He uses Macedonian here, but I can love every person in Linked Up Church if I'll take the time to learn how they like to be loved. Uh, you missed a good place to shout right there. So I want you to think about it. Even though my staff, we're all different, if I'll take the time to learn how Minister Vinny receives love, we can have a better relationship. Right? But I've got to invest in that. If I take the time to learn how Lisa receives love, we can have a better relationship. Right? If I just want to work with Andrea, then all we're going to have is a working relationship. Right? Which will be very superficial. But if I take the time to understand how she needs to be loved, we're going to have a far better relationship. Right? Then me and Minister Johnny, he doesn't need love. <laughs> He just wants the bottom line. That's all he wants. He like, forget all that fluffy stuff. Just give me the numbers. So watch this. We get along great. We could be back there in a the meeting for two hours and never ask each other how each other's doing. We just back there, bang, 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 bang. And we have a great time, right or wrong. But that's all he needs. That's all he cares about in the day. Hey, we got to get this. We got to make this work. We need to believe God. Blah, blah, blah. And, we, and I thank God for that. All the rest of the stuff, he'll tell you, hey, man, let's get back to right here. <laughs> Are you all getting these points today? Right? So it's going to take effort on our parts to grow. I'm committed to this. At some point, I'm going to take this whole staff away. We did a small little Myers-Briggs type of uh, disc study, personality trait profile on a small scale. And, and that was great. My wife came home. I was extremely excited about that. I said, but really, babe, the next level is to get out of this environment. And let's take everybody away. There's something about beaches and sun and food that we all get along better. It's like the information sounds different when you're not in that office. Oh, I'm preaching good. Oh, that's the word of God right there. Hey, shaka. Take a lap. Take a lap, dog. Just kidding. <laughs> and so we won't read these, but the father teaches the meaning of love through the giving of his son. The son demonstrates the true love by the example of his sacrifice. So we know two things it's going to have. It's going to have uh, giving and it's going to have sacrifice if it's true love. Some kind of giving and some kind of sacrifice if it's true love. I want to pray this prayer over your lives today. Let's all stand to our feet. Did you all get anything out of this today? Come on, can we get better at brotherly kindness at Linked Up Church? Are we a family? Do we look out for each other? Can we get better at that? Can we increase in that? Starting when? Starting when? Come on, get, go, go love on somebody right now. Give somebody a hug right now the right way. 
Come on, love on somebody right now. Hey, Kev. Kev, I appreciate you. Kev, Kev, I appreciate you, boy. You came right away, man. Appreciate that, boy. Huh? I appreciate that. Wouldn't be here without you, man. Appreciate you, fellas. Thank you. For, thanks for believing in us, man. Thanks for believing in us, boy. Wouldn't be here without you, man. Okay? Love you all. Lift your hands to the Father. I want to pray this prayer over us today. This prayer is right out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. This is a word prayer. This was so important to the early church, folks, that it was prayers that they actually prayed for each other with the content that I just shared with you in it. Listen to this prayer. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13 says, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all of his saints. That is my prayer for you today in Jesus' name. And if you receive it, why don't you just thank the Father for it right now? That at Linked Up Church, we're going to increase more and more in our love towards one another. Folks, we can do it. No greater time than to start practicing during the Christmas season because the Christmas season is all about giving, it's all about sacrifice, and it's all about love. If you're in this building today, just look up here at me for a moment, or maybe you're watching live stream today. Maybe you don't know what it's like to be loved. I don't know what your background is. I don't know what your family life is like. I really don't know. What I do know is that...